State Insurance Commissioner Ricardo Lara is under scrutiny for accepting campaign contributions from industries he's supposed to be regulating. According to an analysis done by UT Watchdog, Lara collected $270,000 from 56 people and companies tied to the department he oversees, something typically seen as unethical. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Jeff McDonald, you're a watchdog reporter for the Union-Tribune, and you've been keeping track of what's going on with Ricardo Lara and some of the money he's received. How did this story first come out? Well, we started looking at his campaign contributions earlier this summer. He was elected in January after being a state senator for some years. Uh, some of the contributions I noticed in June and July were very hefty in the four- and five-figure range from people that uh, didn't appear to have any immediate business with the Department of Insurance. Mm-hmm. So I started researching them, and I found ties to uh, some national insurance companies. Uh, so that raised questions about why he's accepting money from insurance uh, executives and their spouses when they might have business before his office. That's obviously a potential conflict of interest that all the previous insurance commissioners since 2000 have strictly avoided. So what exactly does an insurance commissioner do? It's not something that people probably have heard before. Uh, They're an elected official, a statewide elected official, who generally regulate the insurance industry. Uh, It's a $300-plus billion uh, slice of the economy. Mm -hmm. Uh, They insure, uh, they overlook, uh, they supervise everything from homeowners insurance, car insurance, uh, workers' compensation insurance for businesses, all sorts of things. Uh, So they set rates, and they approve rates, and they approve policies, and they oversee the the insurers to make sure that they're treating the customers fairly. Mm -hmm. So what were the ethical guardrails that were in place among previous insurance commissioners that would prevent campaign contributions that could be seen as conflicts of interest? Technically, they're not guardrails because it's been voluntary. And I've pointed out in these stories that the donations are not illegal. Uh, However, a prior insurance commissioner in the mid-1990s and late 1990s ended up resigning office because he, too, was accepting money from insurance companies and then using those funds to promote his political career. Uh, So ever since 2000, when uh, that former commissioner named Chuck Quackenbush uh, basically resigned in disgrace and, and left California, Uh, in midterm, by the way, uh, all of his successors and even candidates running for the office have all pledged not to take money from insurance companies to avoid the appearance of conflict of interest. Now, Mr. Lara is no exception. He campaigned on a promise of not taking money from insurance companies, as all of his predecessors have done since the last century. Uh, That didn't turn out to be the case. Can you give us a sense of what companies are donating to Lara? Uh, All sorts of companies, uh, and not just, uh, well, insurance companies. He took money directly from insurance companies uh, and their executives. After the first story we wrote uh, last July, last month, about six weeks ago, he uh, voluntarily agreed to return. uh, came out to be $83,000, which was a few tens of thousands of dollars more than I was able to identify as questionable donations. Mm -hmm. So uh, in that regard, I think he went above and beyond what I had been able to identify last month. Uh, however, uh, I've been looking deeper at his campaign contributions and his record of, of, of donors, and I found um, insurance companies, uh, bail bonds companies, 
a lot of hedge funds and, and venture capitalist type companies. And while they might have donated, they donated money in, in the name of this company or that company. If you looked, I, I researched their um, subsidiaries and you know sister companies and was able to find numerous cases where a hedge fund that donated some number of thousands of dollars to Mr. Lars' campaign also owned uh, an insurance uh, company. And also, what's preventing, like, let's say, these companies from banding together, funding a variety of PACs, and then having those PACs give to people like Laura? Like, why aren't they going that extra mile of trying to funnel money from point A to point B? Uh, nothing prevents them from doing that. And as I said, this is all legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the question is more um, moral, uh, especially when you campaign saying you're not going to do something and then you're found to have done it. Uh, his first explanation was that it was an oversight, and he returned the money. Uh, he actually thanked the Union Tribune for bringing those contributions to his attention. Uh, we accepted, of course, that response, uh, except that he didn't talk to me in advance of that story, and only mm-hmm. after the story ran did he uh, contact us and explain it as an oversight and uh, pledge to return the money. Uh, for this story that ran this week, uh, he did not respond to any of our questions. Uh, it's interesting because he serves as his own campaign manager, uh-huh. uh, excuse me, his campaign treasurer, uh, which he has for you know some years. Uh, the campaign treasurer is the position that's responsible for vetting donors so that the candidate doesn't get caught uh, accepting money from the wrong people. Even if it's legal, it can look bad, and like perhaps it does in this case. Uh, after the first story in July, he pledged to hire a campaign treasurer to perform that due diligence before accepting additional contributions. Uh, it's not clear that he has hired a new treasurer. He submitted a filing to the Secretary of State's office July 31st, mm-hmm. which, which was weeks after our first story for several stories. And uh, he's still listed as the campaign treasurer for his reelection committee. So outside of our reporting, are there any other organizations or ethical groups that are raising questions about how this money has been flowing? Yes. A number of other newspapers have followed this story. A number of California uh, newspaper editorial boards have uh, raised questions about his uh, fundraising practices and called on him to reform. Uh, He's a Democrat. The state is run by Democrats, so it's unclear whether there'll be any penalty beyond that. Uh, I can tell you that a lot of people are interested in his calendars to see whom he's been meeting with uh, because you take meetings from people that are important to you. Obviously, Mm -hmm. anybody does. Uh, He has been resisting my Public Records Act request as well as those of numerous other entities. Uh, They're supposed to be out sometime soon. The state law gives you 10 days to supply those, but there there are... um, uh, extensions you can qualify for under certain mm-hmm. circumstances. But at some point, he's going to release his calendars, and that'll be interesting to see uh, whether he's been meeting with uh, executives from any of the companies that have been donating to his campaign. I was able to nail down in a story last month that he'd actually intervened in uh, at least four cases that benefited one of the mm-hmm. insurance companies that whose executives had donated to his campaign. That was a very uh, uh, curious uh, development. Uh, that got a lot of attention and raised some questions that, frankly, haven't been answered. His his response is that the interventions were not his own doing, mm-hmm. uh, except that you know he is the elected insurance commissioner. So, so is there any 
um, new policies or agreements that Laura has made that could be seen as crossing a line when it comes to favoring these companies that you know are giving them money? Uh, if there are, I haven't found them yet. Uh, that's clearly the, the question and why these donations are questionable uh, because we're waiting to see if there's any quid pro quo. Now, this is a crime if there is. I mean, you're not allowed to trade mm-hmm. public acts. Uh, you're not allowed to exchange donations in, 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 for public acts of an elected official. That's that's a felony behavior. It's It's not clear to me that anybody else is investigating in the law enforcement community. But that's a, a pretty reasonable question, given the pattern of donations that he's been accepting since he uh, announced his campaign and won. Mm-hmm. And is there any conversations that you know of occurring in Sacramento about establishing maybe a new set of rules or something that could prevent this kind of thing from happening in the first place? Not that I've heard of, no. I mean, giving campaign money to a po- politician is, is considered free speech yeah. under our Constitution and the Supreme Court's interpretation of our Constitution. So that would be something very drastic on the part of, you know, the state legislature to do something like that. I know that people are watching this case and they're going to wait and see what happens with his calendars and with other information that reporters like myself dig up. Mm -hmm. Certainly. And I guess while reporting this, is there any one kind of thing that you noticed that was particularly surprising to you when this story was slowly unraveling? I think what's surprising is that it's, and again, this is a pattern, so I hate to, you know, say this is what he's doing deliberately, Uh but there have been a number of occasions where he's reported donations from entities that are not insurance companies or are not in the insurance business, but that with a little bit of homework, you're able to establish ties to sister companies or sister organizations that do uh, are, that are subject to his regulation. Mm-hmm. So uh, it looks like they're stating the donation, the origin of the donations is from, you know, a, a restaurant or uh, an LLC a hedge of fund, some type. Yeah, an LLC uh, or an equity group. Uh, and then only by doing a little additional homework do you find out that they also own an insurance company or they market health plans or dental plans or vision plans. Um, that's the sort of research, frankly, a campaign treasurer should be doing to avoid getting their candidate in, in that kind of position. And I'm not sure that's being done here or if it's being overlooked, if it is found that the money is related to uh, to an entity they would regulate. Mm-hmm. And it isn't just his campaign. Some charities he supports have also received money from these groups. Why don't you explain that as well? Yes, those are called behested payments. Elected officials at, at uh, all levels of government in California solicit. These are uh, private donations to nonprofit organizations made at the behest of an elected official. Uh, the mayor in San Diego has done quite a few, uh, and these have to be disclosed. Uh-huh. Uh, and they're disclosed in San Diego at the city clerk's level. They're disclosed at the state, at the secretary of state's level. So I checked uh, seven or eight years' worth of his disclosed behested payments. Uh, This isn't really related to his campaign, but he did have a history of soliciting donations from corporations and other donors Uh uh, to uh, organizations that he supports. Again, there's nothing illegal or untoward about it. You just have to disclose it. Uh, The thing I wrote about uh, that jumped out at me in, in this latest round of research was that uh, he did solicit uh, more than $400,000 in donations to uh, a nonprofit organization at the same time he served as president and CEO of the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, and this is a Latino uh, elected officials caucus uh, that raises money to support the Latino community and culture and also other uh, Latino uh, politicians. So the, the mission of the organization is sound, and there's nothing untoward about that. Uh, but the CEO of any nonprofit is responsible for the spending. And when you're raising money and directing it to a separate entity that you also control the spending of, I thought that was worth reporting so people would be aware of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're in an interesting political time right now in which many norms are falling by the wayside. Do you see that happening on the state level as well? Or is it just same business as always, just it's a story we wrote it? Um, well, I see that happening at every level of government, from the city to the county to the state. Um, I, I fear that we're living more often in an age of unaccountability, which I think is a problem for our democracy. Uh, clearly, Mr. Lara's um, fundraising is not uh, the worst case ever, mm-hmm. it, uh, but it is an example of maybe how things should not be done uh, at the outset. Uh, I do worry that there won't be any repercussion to it. At the end of the day, you just we just want readers and voters to be aware of things, and that's why we report them, so that readers uh, can uh, make decisions for themselves. All right, Chef McDonald, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. In other accountability news, researchers at UCSD have cataloged the conditions of migrants being held in federal custody and have found these consistent problems. Spoiled food, no access to showers, and overcrowding. All of this makes sleeping nearly impossible, the researchers said in the report released on Wednesday. About 12% of families reported some kind of mistreatment while in ICE custody. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Try some of our other podcasts, too. Our Ideas and Opinion team hosts The Conversation, which features interviews with newsmakers and experts about San Diego news and issues. Our sports department hosts Hot Lava about all things Padres. To see all of our audio offerings, go to uniontrib.com slash podcasts. Until next time.